0: Dudes, all movies—a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude Scott. I'm your dude Dave. And today we're discussing 1957's *The Seventh Seal*, directed by Ingmar Bergman, starring Max von Sydow. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching?
1: Um, I had to take a break from all of our uh, artistic, you know, movies that we've had—we've uh-huh. you know, been consuming lately—and yeah. I, I just checked out *McGruber*. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to watch it for a long time. Oh yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I need a break. How, um, how was that? It's so good. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's really funny. I mean, you know, I, I laughed, like, Ugh. really hard at least 15 times, and, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, I, I like Will Forte a lot. I like his serious work, and I like his comedy.
0: Good call. Yeah. I did the same thing, Sweet. actually. I watched Friday the 13th oh. on Amazon, Um, and I, I hadn't seen this in a long time, Yeah, so... It was different than I remember it being. Yeah, you know, as you know, the original one is different from the rest of them.
1: Yeah, stands alone.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a lot of POV with the mother yes. involved. So, but yeah, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, something else. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, kind of trash almost, but it's <laughs> it's not as bad as it could be. So.
1: And it makes you want to see at least, you know, I mean, I don't know if you want to sit down for the entire Camp Crystal Lake collection, but, yeah, you know, like, you still want to, after you watch the first one, you kind of want to, like, sit down for at least a couple more sequels.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And and that jump scare at the end, every time it gets me. It's excellent. So good. Acting is terrible, but (laughs) um, the cinematography is good. So there you go. Yeah. (laughs) It looks great. Now, let's talk about the seventh seal, Dave. Uh Uh, Why don't you give everyone a synopsis
1: okay a synopsis of the seventh seal um here we go the crusades have happened and a knight returns and he is approached by death death himself mm-hmm. you know what we know of as the grim reaper um black and, robes yes. bald white head uh uh-huh. mm-hmm. and he engages in a in a literal chess match with death in order to cheat his fate but in the meantime he looks at the world with the just ravaged by you know war, the wars that he's fought in and mm-hmm. plague and um, he has many crises of faith which we'll get into mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, it's almost like an emptying of Igmar Bergman's head you know onto the screen. Um, mm-hmm. If you've watched his films which we're gonna you know talk a lot about I'm sure um, like this is one of the definitive movies of Bergman's um, early period and it can like stand alone against everything that came after it too
0: okay. Now, Dave, you're the expert here, mm. so I may be deferring to you on things. Okay. As far as Ingmar Bergman goes, okay, this may be the first film of his I've seen. Is so, it? Oh, yeah, all right. Just putting it all out there on that's, the table. That's don't funny, expect dude. much from me, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> except a <the> right. few <laughs> fart jokes every now and then. <laughs> Here's your culture. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah this this movie is from 1957. It's very good, uh-huh. and it's really I did some homework, you know. It kind of started a whole explosion in America of these kind of films. Yeah, at least for his career, you know, he became huge. Then, right, I guess you could say as huge as he was. I mean, he, he was he was he bigger, wasn't Jaws. Well, know, sure, but exactly. Wasn't right? <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Or yes, something,
1: but. he he was he was kind of bigger here than in his native country. Was he? He was very revered in Sweden, but it took them a long time to really appreciate him. You know, it took longer hmm. for them than it did for, you know, the UK and America. Um, hmm. I, I Like film students that were not in Sweden were very appreciative of Bergman's work, much more so than in Stockholm. Okay. It's weird. And this film, it
0: sounds like a very heady movie. Yeah. A lot of high concepts here. Yeah. But it's not difficult to watch this film, um, even though a lot of it is... Just uh, dialogue about existence and why are we here? Yes. Uh, Does God exist? These kind of subjects, which are very huge to tackle subjects. Of course. But you can get through this movie without a worry. It's very entertaining.
1: Yeah, it is. And like like Bergman's movies, especially this one, have this reputation for being deadly serious Mm -hmm. and full of things that you maybe don't want to approach. Like maybe you just want to unwind and watch a movie and Mm -hmm. you don't want to be challenged like this. And this movie is that, but it also, like you said, it's incredibly witty. It is. I it's, mean it's very humorous. It is in many spots. I mean, like like uh Gunnar Bjornstrand plays uh Jans, the mm-hmm. uh the you know his uh, squire. squire. Yes. Mm-hmm. Max von Sydow is Antonius and his squire is Jans and Jans kind of knows everything about life. Yep. And in in all the encounters, whenever he talks to somebody, like the, those are some of the most entertaining sequences in the movie because even though he's talking seriously about things, he has this razor's uh, this rapier's wit mm-hmm. um, that, that accompanies everything he says. And you even laugh at some of the and you, there's there's moments right. of levity. There is. It's great. And I know
0: in I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's in like the one of the bar scenes. I think uh-huh. he's talking to Joff yes, or something like that or the blacksmith. And the guy's like, well, why why should I listen to you? He's like, I didn't say you had to listen to me. I'm just yeah. talking here. <laughs> right. You know? Yes. So he knows. He's kind of full of shit. He's just always talking. But but he has a lot of wisdom in everything he says. Right. So,
1: yeah, it's fun. And he can predict it's what someone's going to say. It's a fun Bergman movie. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, it's a laugh riot. And... <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... It, it, like like Ingmar Bergman I, I think is underrated for like a celebration of life a lot of times I mean, just in all things I mean mm-hmm. he he wants to he wants to challenge his audience he wants to challenge himself and his actors but it's not a, a horrible slog throughout the entire runtime of every movie he makes no um and this one especially highlights that is is that that hidden um. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like, like just, just a a, a great sense of humor, yeah. you know, that that, that is pervasive. Yeah, stuff like this and other things.
0: There's like a, a layer of satire on top of these ideas That's he right. has here, and even there's this a scene when um, the blacksmith finds the actor, uh-huh. what's his name? I can Scat, I think is his name yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> right. And the actor has run off with the blacksmith's wife. And oh yes. They yes. catch him in the woods because they're all caravanning through the woods together now, and they find him, and the wife comes back to her husband and acts like he's the man now, uh-huh. and so the actor pretends he's killing himself because he's so sad that this has happened or something, <laughs> and right. it's over the top, yeah, you know, completely. It, it's almost a slapstick kind of thing. Yeah, this whole scene. Yeah, and it is very funny. Um, it is. It, you wouldn't expect this in the middle of a movie
1: of this nature. No, a movie that's about the plague, yeah, ab- and, and and the crusades and burning people. I mean, yeah, yeah it's 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 a <laughs> it's an unexpected moment of like real humor,
0: yeah. So, there's jokes here, folks. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, I don't know. Scott's like, got jokes.
1: Yeah. Um, And that particular scene is also great because it's actors talking about how detestable actors are. Right. Which, which I, I that, that's kind of a through line throughout the entire thing. Uh-huh. Everything Plog, you know, he's the, the, the Smith. He Every time he brings up, and he's always like pining after his lost love, his uh-huh. lost, lost wife, Lisa. Yeah. And because she left him for an actor, actors at this time are just thought of as just servile trash. <laughs> You know, like like no one wants them around, Uh-huh. and it's very entertaining to watch actual actors talk about themselves this way. Mm-hmm. They're having a good time, and there, there's a scene when
0: in the bar again, Joff is there um, after a performance, and I forget who his name is, but there's like a thief kind of guy. I think it's Raval. He starts saying, "Oh yeah, she probably ran off with an actor." Yeah, that guy's an actor. He's like, "What are you talking about, <laughs> man? I'm not an actor." <laughs> <laughs> It's good. Yeah. It's good.
1: And I'm glad you brought up, uh, like, Joff, because um, he's also a very important part of the story. Mm-hmm. He has these visions quite often. Yeah. And his wife, Mia. She she doesn't believe him, but she doesn't call him a nuts or crazy. She really loves Joff. Yeah. But she kind of chalks it up to he's just a silly man because what, what he does for a living is he's a juggler. He's a him and Mia. They're, they're, right. They're both like they're performers.
0: They're like a traveling circus. Yes. Basically. Right. Uh, you know, um, a crusades level. Yeah. One, you know? Exactly. It's not yeah, Barnum it, and Bailey. Yeah. It's it's a yeah. medieval circus. Yeah. Definitely. So
1: there's there's weird Shakespearean clowns. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. And and that's above actors. It's like it's kind of. You know, there's special <laughs> attention is paid to it. Like no one ever looks at these people and thinks they're trash. You know, it's it's they're they're uh, they're clowns. Basically. Yeah. Um. So, Dave, does God exist? Uh, let's get into it now. <laughs> Are we going so, to solve so, the problem? I, of, I don't think of, we'll of, ever or, solve oh, this. OK. Um,
0: sorry, Ingmar. But <laughs> yeah, Max von Sydow is this knight who's come back from the Crusades Antonius, I uh-huh. believe, is Antonius, his name. Antonius, yes. And he's questioning everything now after yeah. the horrors he has seen. Why are we fighting this war for no reason except someone's an idealist somewhere Yes, and uh, and, and thinks they have everything right. right? Why are we doing this? And why would God let us do this? Mm-hmm. Things like this. Um and because Death is chasing him, I think he's really trying to figure it out yes. pretty hard now. <laughs> yeah, he, he needs he needs to know. Mm-hmm. So initially, he starts a chess game with Death. And you'd think he'd just sit there and play until they're done. But that's not how the movie goes. Right. They, he, he They stop after a day of travel, and then he sets up the board. They do a couple moves, <laughs> talk. <laughs> um, so he has like a reprieve from going to the afterlife, if yeah. there is an afterlife. Right. Um, and he keeps trying to get an answer from Death, and Death says he doesn't know. Yep. So... Whether he's bullshitting them or not, I don't know. <laughs> That's another question to answer.
1: <laughs> well, but. yeah, because death, death isn't Satan. Um, he's not God. But if if a, if a if a paranormal or supernatural being is is like, if you keep encountering them and they keep wanting to continue this chess game, mm-hmm. I guess I used to think to myself when I first saw it: d- Does that prove there's an afterlife, or does that prove that there's something else there? I guess it doesn't necessarily prove anything yeah i don't um, know because death is not on the side of, <laughs> of of good or evil it's just a fact of life
0: yeah um, so maybe he's just there to put you in the dirt I, yeah that, i don't that's know
1: after your 80 years is up th- there he is <laughs> you know if you're lucky um which i mean and I um, it's it's good that it's good that we have to think about these things it um, is you know and talk about it on the internet <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> it Man. makes for great podcasting yeah it does I mean, just scintillating material. It's some heavy stuff. It it is, (laughs) and and I'm, and I, I love too that like, I mean, yeah, it is. It's really this is dense. Stuff. I mean, like to try and pin this down to to what our normal show format is 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 really difficult. I mean, yeah. we we have a hard time doing stuff with like Goonies, and here here we are. Eh. You know, like 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 as far as like trying to keep it into a, a coherent, cohesive, you know, like like show. Yeah. But this th- th- this topic and this like subject matter, it deserves to be you know like like truly gone over and gone through and unpacked and whatever else you want to call it. I guess when you have a movie or a story like this, you you, you immediately. Once, once you, once you kind of let it, you know, get into you and let it settle, then you start thinking of the people who who created it. Yeah. I mean, the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Bergman obviously struggles with faith. Mm-hmm. Um, he certainly doesn't like followers of of faith. He doesn't like clergy. That's clear. And he also, just like Antonius, not only does he want answers, he wants he's demanding answers.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Just like. And I, I actually, me personally, full disclosure, everybody, mm-hmm. I agree with him. Okay. I need to know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and don't don't give me elliptical portents or whatever. Come before us and show yourself and explain the questions, explain the answers to the questions that we have.
0: Yeah. we Everybody wants to know. Yes. Um, faith is a hard thing to have. Yeah. Even back in this day when faith was everything. Right. And the movie does a great job of showing that. The best scenes in the movie are when Max von Sydow is discussing things with death. I agree. They're the you. best in the movie because they're hitting all these highbrow subjects mm-hmm. and really make you think. Yeah, um, no th- doubt. There's the scene when he goes to confession at the beginning, towards the beginning. He Max von Sydow goes to a confession window mm-hmm. and starts talking about things. And this is where you get a really, the first really big glimpse at his questioning things. Yes, and he doesn't realize it, but he's confessing to death because death is behind the window the whole time. Yes. It, we know as an, the audience that it is death. You can tell. Right. Um, but Max von Sydow's character does not. Yes. So you get all these great questions about, well, what's he going to do? And even talks about, I'm in a chess match with death to <laughs> who he thinks is a priest. Yes. <laughs> um, which could be a metaphor, you know? Yeah. And death reveals himself and- uh, tricks him into giving him his next chess move or something. Yeah, that's what but he does. That all turns out to be a ruse, and he tricked death to take his knight or something. Do, do, you, do you think that's true? I don't know. I okay. don't think so. No, I don't either. Beca- right. Because he was utterly surprised that death was there.
1: He thought he was confessing to a priest. He didn't know death was yeah. there. Right.
0: You wouldn't have got that great little speech with if he thought he was talking to death. And
1: no one's that smart. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, you can't no. outsmart death, No. as we no. find out at the end. Exactly. You know?
0: He'll give you a couple extra days, I guess, as as long as you play games with him. If it
1: amuses him, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, Ultimately, he's going to beat you. Mm -hmm. And this Grim Reaper,
0: by the way, he's pretty chill, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) He's like, let's just play chess. (laughs) I mean, if he is some kind of supernatural power, Uh I mean, maybe he's omnipresent or something. I think so, too. But um, he's playing chess here. He's cutting down trees. Mm -hmm. This guy is kind of just lax on things. I would think he'd just be like, "All right, your your, your turn, your turn, grabbing you, grabbing you, your turn. Yeah. I'm busy. It's <laughs> yeah. the Crusades and the it's Black the Plague. Crusades, the I'm knowledge. busy.
1: <laughs> That's right, exactly. I got a lot of sh- I got a lot of plates spinning. <laughs> My calendar is uh-huh. full. Yes, yes. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, yeah, I I agree with you that he is like just he's everywhere at once, and he can he has, he can afford to be chill because where are you gonna go? Um, right. I can play. I can sit down for a nice chess game with Antonius, uh, while mm-hmm. I'm going to cut down the tree that Scat is hiding in. That th- those are all happening at the same time to him. Right. Um and I hadn't thought of it until you mentioned it how chill he is. <laughs> uh but but yes, you're 100% right. I mean like you 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 what we know of the Grim Reaper is of a terrifying figure that is going to, you know, I'm looking at the at the standee of Darth Vader in 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 the in our studio here. <laughs> um like like something way scarier than that that's just going to come in <laughs> with, with the scythe and take you down, not this guy who is uh who wants to philosophize. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I guess to an extent, because uh, he doesn't have the answers to answer Antonius's questions any more than Ingmar and Bergman right. does. Right. So, what does death gain by doing this?
0: Is he just doing it to entertain himself? Is he, is he trying to seek some kind of insight into stuff as well? Because huh. um, yeah, I don't think it comes across too clearly it on d- what yeah. Death's motivations are. Right. We know Antonius is just trying to cheat death. Yeah. And he wants to know if he's gonna see God or Satan or whatever right. when he dies, right? Because I feel like that's the only thing he's waiting to die for is to know
1: before yes. he dies. Yes. But death, I don't know why he would do this. Um, I I don't he's fully. Bored. Yeah, <laughs> ma- ma- maybe he is just like maybe there is like a, a like a, a sense of ennui creeping in for him. Like mm-hmm. he's been he's been at this since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, now I guess he's not a human being. He's kind of otherworldly, so he wouldn't have those same emotions. But he clearly does because you know he sits down to to have this uh, pleasurable encounter with the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so maybe there is this. Uh, maybe death is having some kind of crisis of, of of himself, and he wants to you know like like have some maybe, kind of joy in in his in in his. Maybe I mean it could also be like
0: he knows that he's early. I guess <laughs> so, like. If, let's assume he is omnipresent. Yeah, he can exist at all times as well. Then maybe right. Um, so he's there at the end of your life and in the middle. And for for okay. some reason, he's here to help Max von Sydow. Yeah. Um, deal with stuff. I don't know. Right. I don't know why he would be there. Again, like his motivations aren't too clear on why he's playing chess. True. Um, so he, it is
1: established at the beginning that if he beats death, he won't. be be taken that's right okay mm-hmm. okay um and yeah i, I for, for whatever reason death decides to reveal himself to this one person i i i know that that uh, that joff can see him but that's because joff has these other world these these visions he's right. like he's like a stigmatic that way yeah you know he can
0: actually see things mm-hmm. like he saw towards the beginning of the film he sees the virgin mary yeah. walking the baby christ that's right in the field mm-hmm. and he tells his wife about it and she's like oh your silly visions Yeah. Um, so who knows if it is a vision or not or right, whatever. Right. Because he she also says he makes up visions. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, Well, you know, you wouldn't believe my real ones. Exactly. If I didn't he's, make he's, those
1: up. That's right. He has he has cried wolf before. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but he does. There's a great scene at the end when they're in the forest uh-huh. and he sees Death playing chess. That's right. With Antonius here. Uh, but no one else can see it. Yeah. You know? And he's like, We gotta get out of here. Yep. Because uh that's the Grim Reaper dude. We gotta go. <laughs> yes. Get our get our boy uh-huh. and let's go. Get his little penis you see a hundred times in this movie. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't brought up a penis on the show in a while, so That's it's about right. time.
1: And it's Ingmar Bergman, so it's yeah, yeah it, you know, it's
0: perfect. It's a baby.
1: Yeah, it's just a baby. <laughs> but it is jarring to see him in the see a, a little child actor in a tunic where 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 <laughs> you know like you're seeing his ass in every scene. Yeah, it's like a um, Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Yes, I know. <laughs> There's so much male buttocks on display. <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i don't
0: even remember where i was going <laughs> sorry oh, oh that's derailed
1: right. it that's okay uh you know dick jokes a- are a part anyway
0: of the yeah that that's the show uh-huh so yeah joff his visions are important mm-hmm. because he actually i think of it as he did save his life and his family's life by separating from Antonius. Okay. Yeah. Because the rest of their ragtag team end up getting taken by death at the end. That's right. So I'm curious if they had not gone with him, um, if they would have ended up with the Grim Reaper. Yeah. As well. I, I, I don't know. I,
1: I do think they would have had the same fate because when death does like approach like when they get back to Antonius's castle, mm-hmm. um, like their home now and they've made their safe journey. I mean, like everyone in there when death shows up is they kind of, uh, accept their fate. I mean, like they, they, they see him walk in because he's now revealed himself to, to all who are present Mm -hmm. and they know what's coming. So yeah, uh, Joff and Mila and the child would have been, um, would have been gone. Yeah. So yeah.
0: And speaking of that scene at the castle, at this scene, you see Antonius start to pray Mm -hmm. to God. Um, and I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's like he's begging now. Yes, Um yes. Like, all right, I'm, it's time. I better, you know, act like I care. Right. Act like I believe. That's right. Um, but it's it's the only time in the movie you see him, like, directly talking to God. Right. And the rest of the time he's basically spitting in his face almost. Like saying, that's too much. Not spitting in his face. Yeah. But just really strongly questioning
1: he's being very defiant and, yeah defiant that's yeah. a great word to say it right mm-hmm. and in this case he's just like he he's now a faithful um you know like and he he, he wants and I, I guess that's a really overarching another overarching theme is the 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 need or want to believe mm-hmm. you know like like if, if if we see someone who has like a true faith uh, if we visit a monastery and see someone who's given, or or a, a nunnery, we see someone who's given up their whole life right. to, to serve God. Even if you know that's not for you, that there, there's a little bit of, uh, I guess, an envy in that, boy, I wish I could have that,
0: you know? Yeah, like how, how comforting is it to uh-huh. that person yes. to, to feel the way they feel? Yes. You know? Um, they, they, they're, they're not worrying. I mean, maybe they do. Even people of that level of faith have moments of doubt. Yes. But... Uh, most of the time those people I would assume are very comforted in the fact that of what they've chosen to believe
1: their life like has some meaning and yeah. makes sense and has order mm-hmm. um, and and it's even though they, they have their own problems that they, they don't have the, like the chaos that, that that is like constantly per you know like everything that we go through because they're geared toward one thing and you know people like Ingmar Bergman would, would argue that they're that they're you know, like a kind of a cynic in a cynical way. You know that that are they wasting their lives? You know because they, mm-hmm. did God reveal Himself physically to these people? Um, yeah. A lot of times they say no, but somehow they interpreted all those martyred signs and and you know like like gained faith by whatever they they saw or felt. Um, mm-hmm. But just like Antonius, it's it, it, you're you're just never gonna be hit in the face or over the head with something completely obvious that that is that that makes you. Um, a true believer mm-hmm. and
0: at the end of the movie you don't even find out you know mm-hmm. they, they don't give it to you one way or the other yeah if there is or isn't they still leave it open-ended right you know, so the audience can still question things at the end of the film
1: yeah the the, the movie doesn't end with hey god does exist or doesn't it's mm-hmm. it's yeah you're right it's left up to you because you know none of us can answer that question yeah the final scene is um you see da- the dance of death. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: death is bringing uh, you know, a cavalcade of yeah. his uh, his you know recent gatherings of peoples yeah. from the castle right. So, um, and Joff sees that as a vision, which is great.
1: It is cool, mm-hmm. and and I mean like, uh, like when they when they flash up to what he's seeing, um, w- we know what it is, and we we know like those people what those people's fate is, but like it is still kind of uh, the, the word I was looking for earlier was whimsical. Okay. Um, yeah. There is a because it's like sort of a lute, you know, or a lute playing a, a yeah. lyre or something yeah. like that. Kind it, of that medieval yep. music. Mm-hmm. It's it, very baroque. Yeah. 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 And it's and and it doesn't look like the worst. They're not they they're not being you know scourged walking up a hill. Yeah. It, they're they're just being led by this guy who's going to take them somewhere. Yeah. He's like the Pied Piper. Man. Exactly. It's just,
0: they're dancing around. Yep.
1: Yep. Maybe and if that's what death is, it looks <laughs> hey, okay.
0: I don't mind dancing. <laughs>
1: Me too. I'd rather I'd rather dance than have the plague.
0: Yeah, that, you know? there you go. I mean, geez. I mean, I guess if you die of the plague, then you dance.
1: Yes, that's <laughs> true. Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't think know. So. Yeah, <laughs> we need answers. Dave. We do exactly <laughs> I, I demand answers. I demand satisfaction. I want it know now. Get Ingmar on the horn right now. <laughs> right. Um, you brought up the music.
0: Yeah. Um, I love the music in this movie. So do I. Not only the like the the lutes and the leers and all that playing the little yeah. flutes and piccolos and all that. Uh-huh. Um, that's very good, you know, medieval tunes. But there's also a great like score to the movie too. It's incredible. That really sets the tone. Like it really hits something inside you. Like wow, like um, there's something happening to me. Um, <laughs> has the has God found me because of this music? I don't know. Something's <laughs> going, something yes. is changing in you because of this music. It's it's very good.
1: I know it's it's both reverent toward God mm-hmm. and also dirge like. I mean, like, like yeah, it's foreboding as yes. well because death is looming. Totally, man. Mm-hmm. And imagine like walking into a, a like a pitch black church and hearing this music, you know, mm. like 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 it's the, the, <laughs> what would you feel? <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, You'd be feeling so many things, I'm sure. You know, um, and I. I like the 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 I think I think where, where it opens is, is of that eagle, you know, with with the outstretched um, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. wings and and just that that like mm-hmm. the, like this very you know ominous note right at the top, and of course like things like that are what give to this movie its 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 reputation of yeah. being you know just this uh, you know really painful experience, um, mm-hmm. and it has those things, but it also has the moments we're talking about too, you know. <laughs> Uh, that that are that are definitely not you know sad and completely full of just the worst misery you can imagine.
0: Right. There's one thing that said in the movie that I thought was really uh it re- is a really good line and it's great for the movie because the movie is about death basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone in the church towards the beginning says a skull is more fascinated than a naked woman. Mm. It's more fascinating than a naked woman. Yes. Meaning you know everyone's interested in death. Of course. Um whether you like it or not, it's going to be on your mind. It's going to make you feel things more than seeing someone
1: in the nude, you know Of course
0: it's the one thing everyone can relate to.
1: That's right. the most pleasurable sexual encounter you could ever have as visceral as it is, as meaningful to you as it is. Um, it will never it will never give you this it will never have the same meaning as the day when you are when you cease to exist mm-hmm. and and that's why we're all so obsessed with it. That's why we've all read and talked about it endlessly, because we just can't accept that it's a part of, that it that it's as big a part of life as what we're doing it's, right it's now. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's inevitable.
0: Completely. You may never get laid, <laughs>
1: but
0: <laughs> you will die. <laughs> That's a, oh man. I hope you get laid before you die, because that is a great experience as well.
1: That is a Bergman <laughs> film. <laughs> <laughs> oh my wow, god. Wow. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah, jeez. Sorry. No, that's a, dude, you know what? No, you you you've you've touched on something here like like mm-hmm. that is the the that is Ingmar Bergman's reputation. That's true. You know. <laughs> Just constant. Everyone is a miserab and then they die. <laughs> and uh you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so huh. we're going to die. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen, Dave.
1: <laughs> well, and and it's I, 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 every time, every time I have these conversations, whether, whether it's, it's from watching the seventh seal or just hanging out with my friends, mm-hmm. I come away from it asking myself, um, you know, is this going to, to like ruin it? Am I going to be thinking about this tomorrow? Okay. Um, yeah. Am, like mm-hmm. it, it's so serious and, it, and it's such an important thing. And God, we, we were just, we, we were just having this, this conversation, this very, you know, kind of, uh, this talks that's so full of meaning mm-hmm. and, and truth. And then the next day, like life gets life, just just has a way of 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 dusting it away. And like you don't think about it again until, you know, you have to do this. Right. Or, or, or someone else brings it up years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, like like something as uh, as deadly serious as death uh, mm-hmm. Of of you not being around and alive and, and able to enjoy the things that you want to do and the things that make life worth living, I don't want to think about it, man. And he, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, uh, we're gonna die, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, everyone. Yeah, everyone listening to this podcast, you are gonna die. It's it's this something is you our most avoid. depressing podcast ever. I
1: I, I would agree. Wow, um, and uh, you know. <laughs> We're, we're both oh! looking down, and and we're, oh,
0: I don't really have <laughs> any other points to talk about too much. I, I in the movie, I, it, it's a beautiful film. I mean, yes, the imagery is so stunning. These these black and whites, man. And, oh, Bergman so had, good.
1: I I I, I want to say that I we all to check my my math on this. Okay, one, but um, I believe the cinematographer was Gunnar Fischer. Okay, Bergman had two, um, like. Uh, collaborators who were his his DPs. Uh, mm-hmm. There was this guy, and then later on, Sven Nickvist. You got to see Cries and Whispers because that was mm-hmm. Sven Nickvist. That's okay. when we were getting into color. Um, this one and and Cries and Whispers and Persona. I mean, like you could mm-hmm. watch these movies on mute. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, and honestly, the first time I saw this, it really got to me because I just caught it after work one night um, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I was working at a garage yeah and uh and, and i I had rented the seventh seal on the way home mm-hmm. i I picked up some Wendy's and I got the seventh <laughs> seal <laughs> and I went Perfect. home yes, so here it is it's eleven thirty at night, so and I'm you were w- tempting death, yes, I was exactly. I was smoking in the house and <laughs> eating Wendy's and watching Ingmar Bergman movies um and uh you know. <laughs> Yeah. God. And and it, and it just it just completely floored me. Knocked me on... Really knocked yeah. you on your ass moment, you know, where, where uh, like, you, you've never... I had thought about these things, but not in any serious yeah. way. Yeah. Your first experience with Ingmar Bergman, it's something. It really I'll, I'll is. I'll tell you what.
0: I, I loved watching this movie, and I'm pretty sure it's my first experience with him. Okay. Um, and... Yeah, I want to see a lot more of his films now. Definitely.
1: Well, if 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 you take the same path I did, then, okay. then um like Seventh Seal was my first Bergman experience too. Ooh. So yeah, um, I think it's where everybody kind of like you know gets. Yeah, yeah, it, it's probably his maybe his most one of his most famous films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max von Sydow, of course, would be would be a movie star for for the next fifty years after that. Still right. is actually still working. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's something that everyone should see. Everyone in film school will probably talk about it endlessly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, of all the 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 themes and and stuff that like they'll get into stuff that we haven't gotten into because they're seeing it academically whereas we're just kind of being affected by the story.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'll get some Wendy's and I'll pick up, you know, <laughs> persona or, or wild strawberries or something. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. Wild strawberries. You'll have a time. Okay. With there we your go. Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez.
0: Is, is anything else you want to talk about with this? Well, I mean, we can beat it to death. Yeah, but. Uh, I mean, what we don't have to
1: keep going on this topic. I mean, yeah, it's kind of depressing. <laughs> the death. This I've... is depressing. <laughs> Talking oh. about death on a podcast is weird. I, I, I will. I, I do want to point out one other thing. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, a couple other things. Just that my actual favorite sequence in the movie. We, we, we talked about um Jan's, You know, being in the tavern and things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, all those encounters he has where he's being very witty and, mm-hmm. and very um wise and it's what he says. My actual favorite sequence of the movie is when um uh Joff and Mila, Mia are performing in the village. Uh-huh. And the the flagellants come through. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like a passion scene. Yeah. It's really good. I it's mm-hmm. it's really arresting stuff. Yeah. And um wow. heard of these people yeah. just come through uh
0: lashing each other. Yes. And you know, dragging gigantic crosses
1: on their backs. Um and that evil monk yeah. is just spewing Christian hate, you mm-hmm. know, like, like, like the worst kind of, of, you know, crazed, uh, what wh- wh- whatever keeps us from like converting Christianity, you know, it's, yep. it's, it's this guy, you yeah.
0: know, he's out there ranting to the crowd, yes. how, how they are forsaken mm-hmm. and terrible sinners mm-hmm. and, um, you know, everyone's going to die yes, <laughs> and they're
1: all going to hell. The, he, he offers no comfort. Mm-hmm. He's like John Calvin mixed with like Max Cady. You know he he's yeah, just he's, dude, just, he's he, bad. yeah oh man he's a bad dude he's 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 a, a snake handling Swedish middle aged uh, mm-hmm. like monk and and it's and it's an amazing amazing uh, sequence that I actually just rewatched myself like when I was when I was sitting there watching the movie for the for the show I I, I rewound that one because I wanted to watch it like three times
0: it's good and it's unexpected it comes out of nowhere because it's in the middle of the circus performance yes and it just interrupts this and right this procession comes through the town and stops. And you know, start spitting all this vile stuff. Yes. Um. And then they leave. Yeah. And then it's and, over. Yeah, then exactly. it's over. Right. Next town, please. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It stops you. Uh-huh. And you say, "Wow." Right. Which is what I would do if I was in that crowd. I'd of like, course. What the?
1: F- what is going on? I know. This is some arresting stuff. Of course. I mean, like, how do I react to this? Mm-hmm. I, I guess it really, you really would just freeze where, where you were, where you were, and and listen to this and watch it, regardless of how you felt about it. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: Um, and the other thing I just wanted to talk about was like how like like Bergman's influence in general. Um, Woody Allen, his favorite filmmaker is Ingmar Bergman. Okay. And if you watch enough of his movies, you will see how much he has stolen from Ingmar Bergman. Mm-hmm. Um, often as like homage, but oftentimes where you just go, wow, that's outright theft. Come on, Woody. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's a scene in, a great scene in Hannah and her sisters, or I'm sorry, in uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors that has taken almost scene and shot and word for word really? right from wild strawberries and like and woody has admitted it and he used sven Nickvist for the cinematography oh wow um, he was the same for that scene or for, for the movie for the, for, for the whole film okay he just wanted to hire one of his heroes and he got him um and he also has max von Sydow in um in hannah and her sisters too uh-huh. um but like i mean it, it it definitely is a tribute but but you kind of watch it and go well okay maybe you could have done Maybe you could have just moved, moved it this way a little bit or whatever, but like it's still a great scene. But but it definitely is lifted. And you know Woody pays tribute to all his heroes in all of his movies. There's a lot of German expressionism stuff in other movies, mm-hmm. and uh, he does like you know tributes to Fellini and, and some of his movies. But um but like Bergman, especially if you watch enough Woody Allen, you'll 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 start to see where he's stolen. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I mean Bergman's influenced everybody. That's you right. Know? So yeah, not just Alan, and, uh, and even this movie, you know, mm-hmm. the, you get the Grim Reaper in Bill and Ted, uh huh, stolen from this almost exactly,
1: and <laughs> and and
0: just ramped up to eleven. Yeah, you know? I know.
1: Monty Python has has yep. has sat mm-hmm. you know satirized Bergman all throughout their movies, mm-hmm. um, even with like credit sequences. It's like you know just. Uh, like a black screen with like Swedish writing at the bottom of it. Everything's got a new line <laughs> yeah, yeah, on it, you yeah. know? There's like 14 A's yes, in this word. That's right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and in The Meaning of Life, they, they yeah. do a great thing where, where death comes in, and it's almost the end sequence of this movie uh-huh. um, where everyone is accepting their fate. And yeah, <laughs> I, I, like Bergman, yeah. Bergman is I I I don't know if I said it earlier a film school unto himself. I mean it's just such a prodigious uh, you know like yeah. filmography. I mean you could yeah. just go for days watching nothing but Bergman. So mm-hmm. yeah, everybody should check out Ingmar Bergman's work. Yeah, definitely. So would would you recommend it? <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> I definitely would recommend The Seventh Seal to everybody. And and I I would encourage what what I'd love to see is uh, religious and non-religious alike. Um, I, I would love to see yeah. you get together and watch it and then and then truly discuss it and kind of leave your own beliefs, you know, where they are. Check them at the door.
0: Sure. And come in with a clear mind. Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: Because I think you'll get a lot more out of it.
0: Yeah. I would recommend this movie too. Like I said, I really loved watching it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to see so many more of his films. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, I've been wanting to watch, you know, a dozen of his films for yeah. a long time. Right. And I've just finally got got to this one. Yeah. So I'm uh, going to keep pressing forward, keep getting those movies, keep getting the Wendy's, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, The Seventh Seal is a great film. It's like 97 minutes. Yeah. And it's easy to watch. If you can read... And listen, you're gonna be fine. Yeah, you're good. It's yeah. subtitled, man. I know. So
1: don't get a dubbed version. No, if there's please, a, d- don't. is there a dubbed copy? I, in existence I am, in this I am film? certain there, there is. There better not be. I, it's, it's probably not put out by Criterion, but okay. I'm sure it exists. And you know, <laughs> that's true. Get,
0: yeah. <laughs> Everyone should watch this. It's pretty damn good. Yes. All right. So that about wraps up the show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it. And most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. Join the dude army. We
1: should have a crusade, Dave. <laughs> the dude, the dudes sage. Oh my God! Are we gonna like, like, go across? Oh man, I'm gonna invade somewhere and and talk I about movies. I, I don't know. I, I, you know what? That would be a better crusade, a more fruitful crusade than amazing. the real crusade would have
0: been. Yes. Yeah, and we won't leave a plague. Never. Maybe some Wendy's wrappers. That's, That's right. About That's as, about
1: as bad as it's gonna get. <laughs> or you go to dudesonmovies.com and find us right there. Uh huh. Um, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, that's where we do all of our social media interaction with people with listeners and everything and we have an email address dudesonmovies@gmail.com. Uh-huh. And also
0: I've started using Instagram a little bit for the show. Instagram. Uh, yeah, we've been putting pictures up. Uh, we've been watching a lot of the Oscar movies, mm-hmm. so I've been putting up some pictures on those and yes. whatever, you know. If you're bored like us there, is that what you do like?
1: I guess. Or maybe you follow maybe you follow I don't or, know, or
0: Snapchat you... us. Is that that a thing? I guess. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, It's not Instagram, but whatever. (laughs) We're not on Snapchat. Yeah. (laughs) Stay tuned next week, and we're going to do 1996's Fargo, directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen, (laughs) starring William H. Macy, Francis McDormand, and
1: Steve Buscemi, and uh, it's going to be good. (laughs) And it fits, because it's people of Swedish extraction again. Oh. So, you know, everything is, is lining up nicely. See... uh, there is a god exactly (laughs) and and there is a natural order and good yeah yeah. alright yeah so
0: until next week I'm your dude Scott I'm your dude Dave and we'll see you next time